Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What would you say to people who have a gift and they're afraid to put it out there on social media? You just have to do it because why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Failure? You know, that's a part of being successful. Um... I feel like you can't have a success story without having a bunch of falls, you know, within that story. And I, I feel like that's how I've learned. Hey, best friends. Welcome to the Girl CEO Show. Today, I'm sitting down talking to one of my favorite friends and fashion designers. She is the Future Fashion Award winner, and she was recently honored by Christian Louboutin. She's also the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund recipient, and she's taking over the game. I know you all have been hearing about the 3D fashion show that went viral, but today we're talking to her up close and personal. Follow me. Hello, darling. Hey. Chins up. <laughs> It's the girl CEO show. Run it up. Always on the grind. You already know what's up. Everything from dating to life in the business. Covering it all like a boss. Come and get it. It's the girl CEO show. Yeah. Oh, hello, ma'am. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm doing so amazing. Let me start with just saying I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you, too. <laughs> Thank Always. you for being here today. Of course. So let's jump right in. Okay. Because you've been making noise all year long, and you have so many amazing things going on. Um, how did all of this happen? Take me back to when you were a little girl. Did you ever think that you would be a designer? When I was a little girl, no. I did not think I was going to be a designer. I think I was always a creative Um from a young age, I remember my dad telling me I was a weird kid. So, like, instead of playing with my toys, I would, like, take them apart or try to take them apart to see how they were made and then try to put them back together. Um, I was really into art, um, colors, and things like that. But fashion really came about when I used to watch my mom get ready for work and just seeing how she was so... Um, detail-oriented, so intentional about how she put on her clothes, how she always wore, like, suits and red lipsticks. And early on in my collections, a lot of, pretty much all of my shoots, all the models had on red lipstick. And now wow. it's like an OD to my mom. But I thought I was going to work for a fashion magazine. You know, everyone dreams of working at Vogue and things like that. But fashion didn't really, oh, well, the fashion design didn't really come about until high school when I took a fashion design class. So, So you went and got involved in it a little more detail in high school. And then okay. you decided, like, okay, I think I want to be a designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I had, we had um, an art institute okay. um, rep come to our fashion design class. And she was telling us about, like, having a career in fashion design. And I was just like, man, I think 
I was like, I think this is it. I was like, I think I really like this. And that my mom had bought me my first sewing machine. That was my junior year of high school. I remember running home so excited and just telling my parents like, oh my God, I think I know what I want to do. Coming from an African background, they were like, girl, that's not going to make no money. And, and what it, part of Africa are you guys from? Congo. Okay. So they said no. And my dad told me that he wasn't going to pay for any application fees or anything for <laughs> any fashion school. And they wanted me to be a lawyer. Doctor, okay. You know, just like the the typical. Um, and I knew right then and there I had to figure it out on my own or try to prove myself. So I went to Morgan State um, briefly and studied the fashion merchandising program there and then ended up dropping out of school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So you did not finish school? No. Wow. Okay. So you dropped out of school, but that didn't stop you. You know, one thing I love about uh, people that have dreams is like when you have your mindset on something, it doesn't matter what happens, Mm -hmm. nothing is going to stop you. So when you dropped out of school, where did you go from there? When I dropped out of school, I was lost. I'm not going to lie. I was working in retail, um, Nordstrom to be specific, and I was really good at it. I was making good money. I was a college student. I think your check being $2,500 when you're like 19, 20 at that time was pretty good. So I was good. You know, I was happy with that, but I wasn't really happy uh, as far as where I wanted to be in life. And I'm the type of person where um, if I don't want to do something, even you know, I'm just not going to do it anymore. So I'm always like trying to figure things out and figure out how I can maneuver or make things work. And on top of that, I couldn't go back home without a degree. So I had to figure out how I was going to sp- explain that to my parents. So I kind of thugged it out in Baltimore for some time. Um, I was turning 21, actually, and we were throwing a big little thing, birthday thing for um, myself and my my friends were helping me do it. But I was broke and I didn't have anything to wear. So I had some scraps of fabric and I made a dress and then I posted it on Instagram. So in 2011, I think Instagram launched in 2010. Yeah. It was still fairly new, you know, um, and that's how it started. Wow. I always say um, Hanifa was birthed on Instagram. It started from there. Friends and family reaching out, asking me to make this particular dress for them. And then it turned out to be like strangers asking me. So then that's kind of how it started to bloom. You know, I tell people all the time that sometimes you may not have a fancy website. You know, you may not have this big production team or, you know, all the stuff that is like aesthetically where it needs to be. Right. But what we do have is we have the power of social media. And I'm always telling our girl CEOs to take social media a little more serious because you just never know who you can reach by posting a photo. You know, there are so many stories of entrepreneurs saying, I got my start on Instagram and it's a free app. You know, Mm -hmm. people aren't really taking it serious right now. I'm like, if they pay for it, if they charge for it, I would 100% pay for it. What would you say to people who have a gift and they're afraid to put it out there on social media? You just have to do it because why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? Failure? You know, that's a part of being successful. Um, I feel like you can't have a success story without having a bunch of falls, you know, within that story. And I, I feel like that's how I've learned. You know, I always talk about how in the beginning I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have like the support 
that I probably needed or like, like the guided steps. But at the same time, I'm also grateful because every time I failed, I learned how to get back up and I did get back up. So it's it's part of the journey. And I don't think that should be a reason for you not to put your work out there or your art out there. Yeah. And one of the things that I remember you sharing with me is, you know, your initial stages of being a designer, you know, mm-hmm. being home and, and making this stuff on the sewing machine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and the, oh, gosh, it's so hilarious because people are like, why is she saying, oh, gosh, you want to tell us a little bit about some of the things that happened during that time? Because I think people just think that you just blow up overnight and everything no. is perfect. It's hard. It's really hard. And people don't believe me when I say this, but I really didn't know how to sew when I started. I didn't know how to sew. You didn't know how to sew? No. Even when I posted the dress on Instagram, it was like, I was like, okay. It was okay to kind of mess up family stuff because they understood I was like trying to become something. Uh uh But when it came to like other people... I messed up some stuff, a lot of stuff. Stuff that people pay for. Stuff that people pay for. And I don't recommend anyone starting the way that I started because this is my journey and I I figured out how to maneuver and go through it. But first, uh, let's say you asked me to make you this dress. And I'm just like, yeah, I could do it. And you were like, yeah. Yeah, I said, yeah, I could do it. And then I would go on YouTube. I would go buy books. I would go to fabric stores. I would research the heck out of this dress and figure out like the stitching and everything. And I would practice. By the way. (laughs) And then I would just practice until I get it right. And sometimes I I didn't get it right. And I had to explain that to a customer, but that's how I learned how to sew. So you were like just stepping out Mm -hmm. on faith, Mm -hmm. making these dresses and some of them were not right. Mm -hmm. And you had customers that weren't happy sometimes and you had to explain. How do you explain something like that to a customer back in in that time? (laughs) It was hard. I had some serious hardships with that. Um, It messed with me financially, mentally, a lot of things, but I had to learn. I also had to learn that over time, I think I definitely developed my skill set of sewing, but at some point in my career, I had to, in order for my business to grow, I had to let it go and pass it on to someone that's actually really good at it, that can um, produce better quality garments, um, to kind of match this aesthetic and this company and brand that I'm trying to create. Me sewing everything, you know, there were times where I was sewing like 50 orders a week by myself. Wow. So even if I was really good at this one thing, I mean, imagine sewing from like 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. You're overlooking stuff. I'm also the one that's packaging. I'm also the one that's shipping. I'm also the one that's going to New York to buy fabric. Getting on the bus and coming back and doing it all over again. So like, you know, it's it's not even healthy at that point. So in order for me to grow, um, that was a really big step that I had to take in my career for this company to grow. And that was understanding the importance of delegation as mm-hmm. a business owner. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that initially when you're starting a business, you want to do it all. Mm-hmm. Like you want to have your hands on everything because you feel like if you don't do it, it's not going to be done right. 
Yeah. And you learn from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I always tell my mentees, I heard this story that's like when, you know, people open up McDonald's, they aren't the same person taking the order. Mm-hmm. The same person that's taking the order is not the same person that's in the drive-thru. It's not the same person that's dropping the fries. It's not the same person that's cleaning the bathroom. And when we start businesses, we try to do it all. Mm-hmm. And we are going to burn out living mm-hmm. our lives like that. So how did your life change once you understood the importance of delegation and getting help involved in your business? Um, I think it had to do with personal growth first. You know, I had a lot of things that I had to learn for myself, like f- like managing my finances. I think that's a big one yeah. that a lot of people don't talk about, especially in the Black community. For sure. I think overall we have a setback because, you know, a lot of this stuff was pulled out of the school system. You know, some of our parents don't really understand this stuff. So it's just kind of generational things that continue to, you know, happen. So I had to be real with myself um, and say, hey, you're not good with this. Mm. Who can help you with this? And at the time, I had a friend who, you know, this is his thing. He's really big on finances. And he was like, you know, you should really hire someone. (laughs) And I'm just like, I can't afford that. Yeah. And he's just like, well, you have a great product. It's working. So if someone's supposed to come in and kind of help you elevate this business and, you know, whether it's shipping products, taking over customer service, that gives you more room and time to work on the things that you really need to work on. And I was just like, you're right. <laughs> so then that's when it kind of like clicked. And I'm just like, damn, there's so much that we don't know, yeah, that we don't understand. And we're so used to just kind of like, like you said, doing everything on our own, figuring stuff out on our own, and just like carrying the burden. You know, for sure. Um, And there's things that you can do. There's steps that you can take. So that's how it started. Um, Yaz, my sister, she was my first employee. My first first real employee. (laughs) And when she came on, it was like night and day. Really? He came and she was at the time I was living in Baltimore. She was driving an hour every day on time, packaging, shipping, taking over customer service. And it was just like, wow. Family members who support you, Mm -hmm. they are just so valuable. And when you are in those initial stages of creating something that no one really sees the bigger vision, Mm -hmm. to just have one person. Yeah, all you need is one. That believes in you. All you need is one. It didn't always start that way. I think um, I had to prove that to people. You know what I mean? I had to prove myself in a a way. and sometimes family doesn't always work out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've had my... We we start. You yeah. Know, the thing about entrepreneurship is, like, we initially start mm-hmm. with our family. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like we branch out. We bring some of our friends on. And then and that then, doesn't work. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I need to hire some experts. A real person. Right. A real person who specializes in this specific thing. Right. And that's when you spend the real money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you understand that in order to get good quality people, you're gonna have to invest in some people. Right. Mm -hmm. But for you, so much has happened over the last two years. I feel like your business just exploded Mm -hmm. in 24 months. It just kind of took off. And I remember uh, sitting down talking to you at a restaurant, we we met up and you were just- Our first meeting. Our first meeting. And you were in a different place and it has just all changed for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, How has, 
that that been a reminder to you to keep your faith on your journey? Um, when we met, I was in a very weird space because at the time I was dealing with personal things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as entrepreneurs, especially being a woman, um, like I mentioned, we take on a lot and we forget to take care of ourselves. So when I met you, I was kind of in a space where I felt burnt out. Yeah. You know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff like weight issues and things like that. And I was just like, I, you're like, girl, why don't you like get in front of the camera? I'm just like, I don't feel good about myself. I'm uncomfortable. And um and it was kind of like that weird right you know right before covid i think it was actually around like when covid was fairly new and you just encouraged me in a way that i felt was so divine and needed at that time so i really appreciate you for that because that was also a pivotal time in my career so um i learned a lot from that and i think it was like the juice that I needed to kind of just like get back up and just like take the world by storm again. Yeah. So, um, and shortly after that, I think is when we um, we launched our, you were just like, why aren't you teaching? Why aren't you supporting? And you know, like uh, you do so many great things. Why aren't you like, why don't you have mentees and things like that? I was like, girl, I don't do that. Yeah. You was just like, you could do it. And I did it. And it was perfect. It was great. And then after that, we started, we did our 3D show. And that thing went crazy. Yeah. Like, let me just tell you, I was sitting back watching this show like, this girl is a freaking genius. <laughs> Thank you. What in the heck? Like, people were not even expecting this. I had never seen anything like it before. And people think that you are, like, a designer, just a designer. But I'm like, no, this girl is, like, AI technology. I mean, she's all involved in virtual 3D designing people. We have people moving down runways, and the clothes are just walking down the runway. And everyone's talking about it. What inspired that? I think... um I hate having like limitations and bounds, which is why like our saying for Hanifa is like for women without limits. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do my best to live by this every single day. So I've always been interested in like tech and things like that. I think it really started when I started getting into like Photoshop and things like that and just exploring like different ways I can be expressive and creative with my brand. And then COVID happened, so it really forced you to get creative. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, watching, like, movies and, you know, CGI has been around for years. Yeah, but I'm, I had never seen it. Since. I actually mm-hmm. never, like, I, I, just, never seen I never understood it, but it's, like, it's been a thing. So um, I started doing a lot of research. We all had a lot of downtime during COVID, so I was just like, okay, I've always been wanting to do this. I mean, just, like start practicing, let me download programs, let me see what I could do, let's see what we can create. The world was shut down. Um, We had a collection, you know, sales were completely gone. Through the roof. No, before. Oh, they were like, it was like, it was like we had to cut, you know, salaries. We had to let some people go. Wow. So I was just like, damn, what are we going to do? I'm this freaking is, out. This is a part of business. Yeah, I was freaking out so bad. And I was just like, okay, you know, I'm also very spiritual and I'm a believer in Christ. So I just, you know, I got back into that space and just kind of just 
mellowed out and just like, I was like, I just have to trust that whatever we do, it's going to work. So, yeah, so I started playing around with it. And then I one thing led to another. I started doing like full-blown photo shoots with like the AI, 3D technology stuff. And um, I remember like sharing it with my team. And I'm just like, what do you guys think? They were just like, oh, my gosh, we have to, we have to, we have to share this. Like, we need to make money. Like, we got to keep things going. Everyone needs to see this. Yeah. Let's try it. Boom. And so we posted it on Instagram, and the first one that we posted sold out in minutes. Okay, so I remember you calling me. <laughs> I was sitting in my office, and you were like, I want to show you this. Yeah. And I'm like, who is this model? Like, oh my <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I was like, she is fine. Like, oh, her booty, like, it's yeah. fine. Like, her waist, like, her legs. She is fine. And you were like, she's fake. And I was like, what? Yeah. This is not a real person? Yeah. And you were like, no, I made this model. Yeah. This is some new stuff. I remember. I remember this conversation. So that's how it started. And I think some people, people that are into that space, a few people knew, but a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. So it started from that. And I was just like, okay, can we make these things move? Can we make the clothes move? Like, let's figure this out. So obviously I didn't know everything. So I put a small team together and yeah, we got to work. Um, we we um, were like, okay, how can we present this to the world? Is there a way that we can live stream it? How can we do this? So we did, we kind of broke into Instagram. Yeah, and let me Had just major tell you. technical difficulties, but... We did Everybody it. was watching it. Yeah, we did it. We Everybody did it. was watching this. And then I woke up the next morning and I saw you on almost every major publication. Mm -hmm. It was <laughs> crazy. It was actually crazy. I'm not even lying to you. When we um when we when we were preparing for this, it wasn't like this is gonna blow everyone's minds, like this is gonna go so viral. We were just like we have to keep the lights on. Yeah. You know, like, that's that was how we were. We were trying to pay the bills. Yeah, so it wasn't like we were planning for it, this to be, like, this big blow-up. It just, like, when it happened, when we were, after the first uh, run went through, we were all just, like, silent. The whole yeah. We were just, like, all of us was just, like, whoa. Sometimes yeah. you get to a place in your business where you have to do a major pivot. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like what you've done before. Mm -hmm. It's nothing like what you've expected. Mm -hmm. You jump out there, you do it, and it explodes. Right. And that pivot is the very thing that takes your business to the next level. Mm -hmm. You know, I was hearing that you guys, after that, did, like, probably a crazy six-figure month or oh, more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it was definitely a six-figure month, and it was crazy. I mean... Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at that's the only way I could describe it. It was yeah. it was just crazy. Like my our inbox was like 
exploding. Some of the people that feature the story and blew your mind, who were they? I mean, it was everybody, literally, it was everyone. To be like on like a CNN, you know, that's not even fashion related. Oh you know my, what I mean? So yeah. something like that, like people like that reaching out to you and everyone, like Naomi Campbell. I mean, like it was so many. Naomi Campbell. It was so many people. What did the queen say? She was really proud. Wow. Yeah, it was just like a lot of people. It was kind of like um, feeling like I was getting my flowers, you know, because mm -hmm. I've been doing it for such a long time. Um, even in 2020, we were operating since 2011. So it felt good to see that people were seeing me, seeing what we've been doing and things like that. And just even gaining new customers and people just kind of discovering the brand, learning about the brand. So it was a major, major, major milestone. Yeah. And it's like after that, things just started to go crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling on Instagram mm -hmm. and then I see you standing up at a podium and Christian Louboutin. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Is standing right beside you. What was going on? Tell us about that moment. Oh my God. So um, we have a really good relationship with InStyle Magazine. Um, ed Editor-in-Chief at the time, um, Laura Brown. She, her team reached out to us and was just like, hey, you know, we want to honor you for Future of Fashion Award. And um, the award is going to be presented by Kristen Louboutin. And I had to, like, clean my <laughs> eyes real quick. You're like, let me go get my red bottles let me, <laughs> let me just make sure I'm reading this email correctly. And it was so crazy because it was the day before our first fashion show in D.C. Oh, wow. And the award show was in L.A. Mm. So I had to go to L.A., and then fly back to D.C. the next morning. Um, that moment was, like, surreal for me. Okay. I think a lot of times, especially in this industry, I'm so used to things moving so quickly, things changing often. And sometimes I feel like I don't have a moment to kind of sit back and really process, like, what has happened, what's happening. Um, and just kind of like sit there and be proud of myself, you know, yeah. I'm always like thinking about the next thing. But that moment, I was just like, wow, I really worked so hard and I, I've earned, you know, I've earned it, you know. Yeah. I'm here with all of these like amazing people, like directors and just like, it was just crazy. I was, it was just so crazy. It's like a moment where you're like. An outer body experience. Yeah, and like, you know, you want to pull out your phone. And I didn't pull out my phone because I don't want to be that girl. But it was so many. Girl, people. I'm sorry. I probably would have had to pull my phone It was, out. no, it was so many people in that room. And I was just like, I can't believe this. And even in that moment, I still didn't get to enjoy it like I would have. Because I had to be on the next flight for my show in D.C. Yeah. Literally after I got my award and walked off. Um, and he stage. presented the award to you. He presented the award wow. to me. And he, even that experience, he was so nice. He was so, like, humble, so cool. Just, like, it was just a moment. It was just a moment. And then I look up, and then I see that you are in an actual retail store, like, getting some sort of award in that area. Tell us about that. So um, we had... Um, 
So that was CFDA. Okay. I think that's what you're talking yep, about. Yep, CFDA. What's the, what story are you talking about? CFDA, was it um, Nordstrom's? Nordstrom's. Okay, okay. So this is a full circle moment. Like, yeah. you used to work at Nordstrom's. It's true. It's true. That's it's like true. the full circle. Yeah. So we had, um, I was a Vogue uh, Fashion Fund, CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund finalist and recipient. Um, and that was a huge pivotal moment for me too, because a lot of amazing designers that we know today went through that, you know, that was a part of like one of their steps, stepping stones that they had to take to become who they are. But, um, that was a moment for me too. Cause I'm just like, wow, like I was working at Nordstrom, the items weren't being sold, but it was like on display. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is, like you said, this is full circle. I was working here, and now my Anifa is being on display at Nordstrom. So really grateful for that moment. Yes, yeah, so much has happened. And I've seen so many people that I love wearing your clothes. I'm like, look at her go. Like, she's not playing. I look up and I see Beyonce mm -hmm. wearing your stuff. How, how did that day go? I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> Was that one of the days where the, where the store broke down? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think when you start a brand, like a fashion brand, that's like a, a dream. Yeah. To have like your favorite celebrities, you know. Um, when Michelle Obama's stylist reached out to us, I was like, I mean, that's crazy. Like, we've made some custom pieces for her. Um Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City is like a fashion icon. She is for her, yourself. I was yeah, for her to wear, you know, one of our best sellers. Like it's just like I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe we're here. I saw Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union, she's a like avid supporter. She buys the stuff too. So it's wow. like a lot of them. Yes, a lot of them, you know, they go through their stylist, but they also become customers and they just support. Yeah. And I, I, I really love that and appreciate, you know, that genuine support. One of the things that I notice about your brand is that you have built such a loyal community mm -hmm. of supporters. And, mm -hmm. you know, people think that you have to do all this pay promo and and pay influencers to use your products or wear your products. But it's like you organically grew your community. How would you say that you went about doing that? Um, I would say... The Hanifa community grew with how I started with um, Instagram. Huh. So when old Instagram, when you would post something, everyone would see your thousand followers <laughs> or hundreds and thousands of followers, they'll see it. Mm -hmm. And if they like it, then their people will see it. So I was just like, okay, if this is how that works, then I need to make sure that every photo that someone sees, yeah. They are like, I'm not paying rent today. I'm buying this Hanifa dress. Yeah. And it, it still kind of works like that because the goal now is the more people engage on that post, the more it's shown, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to your community so and the algorithm to, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And you are still to this day kind of following that because when you post and you guys post as a brand, it's like you come with it. Yeah. You don't, Always. Yeah. You don't Always. make just random posts like... They are jaw-dropping, attention, 
grabbing posts. Mm-hmm. Are you are you guys like super intentional mm-hmm. with making sure that when you put out stuff, it like grabs the attention of everyone? Yeah, there's there's a process, a tedious process that we go through, um, just making sure that that's the reaction. <laughs> Sometimes it could be a surprise to the team. It's just me sharing something with them, or it's something that we all collectively work together on. But that has always been the goal, and I think that also. Uh, was a fuel that I needed to really like, okay, I'm going to study retouching. I'm going to learn how to use Photoshop. Focusing on retouching images and perfecting that craft Mm -hmm. so that when I do hire someone else, I know how I want it to look and I also know how to do it. Yeah. So it it just made that process a lot easier. But um, I think another big thing that I learned as well from you actually is just learning, you know, you could have these followers and all of these amazing things, but you also have to learn how to engage with them. Yeah. And that was a big one that I, I learned from you. And I think it was a huge, huge tip that really helped us with building this community and just staying connected to them. For sure. And another thing that I just noticed about you is like you are just really big on information, getting mentorship, you know, how important um, is that to you? And what would you say to other women out here who are trying to build a brand and launch a product? Um, I would definitely say the biggest thing for me first would be having a product. You know what I mean? I think that's something that I really, really wanted to have and be good at was like mm-hmm. if I'm making dresses, I better have the best you in the market, the, the quality yeah. and all of that stuff. So I think that's important. I think people forget that. I think everyone jumps to I want to be this person and mm-hmm. I want to make a million dollars and I want to have a million followers. But how are you going to do that if your product sucks? Yeah. If your product sucks, you're you're not going to be able to maintain. You're not going to be able to keep it up. Um, and I think it was great doing it by myself, but of course, like you said, I love information. Mm -hmm. I read a lot. I learned a lot, but it's also good to have someone who is good at something that you're not good at because you can't be good at everything. You know what I mean? And just to give you advice, you know, um, I love speaking to people who are aware who are in the place that I want to be in in the future. So I love asking questions about, like, how did you overcome this? Like, how did you get to this point? Um, and just taking that and applying it to what I do. So I think it's extremely important to have guidance, mentorship, and all of that stuff. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I want to spice the conversation up just a little bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's, let's shift into our Girl Talk segment here. <laughs> So take a deep sigh. You know, one of the things that I'm noticing is there are so many boss women Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. that are just kind of paving the way, following their dreams, making this crazy amount of money. And things are just blowing up for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you are one of those women. Um, How are you maintaining your femininity (laughs) in the midst of it all? It's not easy, you know? It's still something that I think I've done probably my best this year, but I think it's still a struggle just considering all that we do, you know, and stuff. But 
I think the most important thing that I do now is... Did y'all see the tap? We're going to talk about that. The most important thing that I do now is one of them is midweek off day so okay. that I can have time to just process, think about things. If I don't want to work, if I want to sleep, I was, you know, do all that stuff. And also just like going to the spa, you know, doing things that I love to do. Um, I'm grateful and blessed to say that I have a team. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to kill myself for this. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed about you is that you are not on the scene. No. You are very home, laid back. Mm-hmm. You're not at every event. You know, you're not at every outing or conference or any of that stuff. Are you intentional with that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's okay to be selective. I think once you get to the place where you know what you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know your destiny. You know what you have to do. You don't have to be everywhere. Yeah. Everything should be intentional. We should never do things that aren't intentional. Because you'll call me and like, let's let's just go to dinner. Yeah. And it'll just be like a really low-key yeah. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, are you seriously. coming to this? Uh, no. No. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have to be. You yeah. don't have to be. I and don't think so. I saw the little tap with the hand. I don't know why I did that. But it wasn't with this hand. It was with this hand. It's, do we see something new here on this? Okay. Are we a fiance now? I am. I'm okay, so fiance. let's talk about oh this. God. Can we get a can we get a zoom in on the ring? Oh my gosh, Ronnie. <laughs> I'm not good with this stuff. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, we have a lot of announcements that are gonna happen by the time this airs. <laughs> but Miss Ma'am, you are a fiance now. Tell us about that. I won't say too much because I like to keep mine. <laughs> certain things very private and I think with social media we're forced to share every Everything. single thing yes. and I feel like whatever you share you you should also be expecting critique mm-hmm. you know people like I just like to keep those things separate yeah. and I feel like that is also my piece I'm able to like be this boss woman and this you know businesswoman and this person on social media and then at home I could just be me you Do know? you think it's important for women to protect their relationships when Absolutely. they're successful? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I feel like, for me, I can't share everything. Yeah. I need something for myself. You know, that I, like, to me, my relationship, um, even my family, like, this is, like, something I enjoy without having, like, to worry about, like, taking pictures and recording and content this and content that, like... That's just like that's for you. Yeah, it's separate, and I I like I love it. Do you think that social media has pressured people to feel like that their relationship has to be a part of their brand? Because Absolutely. you are not like your relationship is not on social. It's media. not on the radar at all. I think it shocked people when I did share it because people were like, um, "We didn't I, even know you were dating." Like that's yeah. what I knew you were dating. But yeah, nobody. Like, I have some friends you. like there were like so many people are texting me. Who is it? Who's the guy? And I'm just like. My but, man. Yeah. My man. It doesn't, it, it, it shouldn't even matter. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter because that's all you need to know. You know, that's that's just what it is. And the happiness is just radiating. You're glowing. Thank you. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. You know, when I saw that you got engaged, I was like, you deserve it. Thank you. And, you know, 
one of the things that I just appreciate with you is like on social, you are just about your business. Mm -hmm. You are just 100% about your business. But you always tell me like when I go home, I want to be able to turn it off. Yeah. And I just want to have this moment here, you know, and I want to be able to enjoy my family, enjoy mm -hmm. my man. Mm -hmm. And by the time this airs, you know, a lot is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I'm also pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited for Me you. Me too. I'm very excited. I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. You were scared? I cried the first right. time. When I found out, I did. Because it's just like... I don't think I I saw this for myself. Okay. You know, it was it was always like I got to reach this milestone. There's so many things that I want to do like and then it just happened. I'm just like, why did you do this to me? <laughs> that was it's such a yeah, blessing. Yeah. So I it, I've I've come around and just having like a supportive partner who I mean, does everything and, and he's been around for the long haul. Yeah, and he's just like so like caring you know like he he like knows my soul and just seeing how excited he is and just like how he's handled this whole everything I was just like okay I'm with the right person and I'm yeah. good and I don't have anything to worry about and I think it's good for me too because I need I need to chill yeah when you're coming home from a busy day at the office I feel like as you know a woman who's running a multi-million dollar company mm -hmm. you want to come home to a level of emotional intelligence and someone who's connected to you that can give you that comfort and that you can bond with so that's really really important um and you know, one of the things I remember is when you called me, you were like, I'm pregnant. I know. And sometimes I don't want to come home and talk about work. Mm, Let's talk yeah. about food. Let's talk food. about, like, something else. <laughs> something. I deal with work all day. Like, yeah. sometimes, like, more than I should. So it's just nice to have someone that's not in the scene and, mm. you know, just all of that. So do you think that more successful women... You know, they need to probably look for men who are not on the scene, not all out there, more, you know, off of the scene. I mean, to each his own. Yeah. Some people, it, it works because that's just like how personalities and things attract. But I think for some people like myself, not having someone on the scene is refreshing. Yeah. You know, because everyone is like pitching, talking about meetings and calendar invites and things. I'm just like, yeah. I just want to lay down and cuddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Exactly. Have dinner, cook something. So are we going to get like a Hanifa baby line or? Oh, child. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Some low booties. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, possibly. Possibly. I'm having a girl. So it's like okay. the perfect thing. So, perfect thing. Perfect thing. Auntie Ronnie is in the building. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I said it was a girl. You did. You did. I knew it. You did. You I did. called it. I thought it was going to be a boy. I was really scared about it. So that. did you want a boy or no, a girl? I okay, so you did want a girl. All right. All right. Yeah. So we going to have a Hanifa line for the kids coming. We are pushing that on you. Where do you want to see Hanifa in the next five years? I want to see us as a successful global brand. Okay. Not only producing um, clothing, apparel, accessories, and things like that, but expanding into different sectors. Um, we're working on furniture. Yeah, um, I heard it here first. Furniture is coming. Continue like our mentorship program, of okay. course, to support designers and I love that. people. And also um, 
producing as well, producing garments and things like that for underdeserving designers because that's also a big major problem in the that's industry. beautiful yeah so a lot of big plans um just expanding honestly all right and we have a quick game that okay. we play before we wrap up it's okay. like what girl ceos want okay. all right so we want you to tell us some of your favorite things i'm going to give you two things and okay. you tell me which one you love most okay so right. it's like a fireside thing fireside you ready all right i'm ready all right so is it instagram or tiktok instagram <laughs> i'm not there yet with tiktok but i'm getting there okay is it out at a fine restaurant or a stay-in and order carry-out? Fine restaurant. I love trying different foods, experiences, so fine restaurant for me. All right. Is it fly tennis shoes or heels? Heels. All the time. All the time. All right. And best thing that has helped your business as far as productivity? Hmm. Great question. Tool or just anything in general? Tool, app, whatever. Um, hmm. That is a great question. Honestly, using my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> that is just something that I had to learn and manage. And now I don't forget things as much as I used to. So I would say my calendar. As basic as that sounds, it has been an amazing tool for me. Cold vacation or somewhere on the beach? Oh, somewhere on the beach. All right. Cold vacation. <laughs> Some people like the snow in my That's true. That's true. It's like, true. I see a lot of women out. They're like, no, take me to a cabin. Like, yeah, I want to be. Not me. Not me, ma'am. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Girl CEO Show. I love you. Let me come over here and give you a big oh hug. I love you, too. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. All right, Girl CEOs, thanks for tuning in to the Girl CEO Show, and stay tuned for more. Bye. Bye. It's the Girl CEO Show. Run it up. Always on the grind. You already know what's up. Everything from dating to life in the business. Covering it all like a boss. Come and get this. It's the Girl CEO Show. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.